Welcome to Right Course with Dan Barry, conservative commentary on politics, policy, and the news from the southern Piedmont of North Carolina through the Raleigh State House into the nation's capital. To learn more about us, search the web at Right Course with Dan Barry and let us know your thoughts. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm your host, Dan Barry. Welcome back to Right Course with Dan Barry. Today is July 30th, 2020. With all the news around the country this week, I thought it would be important to point out two things that happened in Raleigh in the North Carolina General Assembly that may have just fallen off the radar screen. Representative Lewis, David Lewis, resigned, or excuse me, retired from the North Carolina General Assembly, effective the end of this term and not running for re-election. His name should be familiar. He was chairman of the Rules Committee and was author of all of the redistricting bills from 2012 till now, and played an instrumental role on most redistricting and election law reform in his 17 years in the General Assembly. He leaves a significant void that will be difficult to fill when we are talking specifically about election law. There are a handful of people that are going to jockey to take that leadership position. I can think of four Jason Sane from Lincolnton, Representative Hardister, Representative Zoka, and Representative Bell, all of whom I'm sure have an interest in elevating their career and seniority. The way you'll be able to tell is who of them are out on the campaign trail across this state raising money for incumbent Republicans and challengers in an effort to maintain the majority in the General Assembly as well as earn favor because that's what this process is about. Those who help others get elected will move into higher and higher positions within the General Assembly. So it's really, really intriguing to watch. The General Assembly is on recess right now. However, the committees are continuing to work, particularly the COVID relief efforts. The U.S. Congress passes the bill to transfer some resources to the states in local and state financial relief. That committee will be involved with the state finance committees and in how to disperse that money. This week, we got a notice from Executive Director Karen Benson Bell, who is the Executive Director of North Carolina Board of Elections, providing direction for county boards of elections and how to move forward with vote by mail. Y'all all know that vote by mail is a tremendous challenge and has been um, fraught with fraud. Uh, for a long time, it, it actually created a, a significant challenge in the 9th District Congressional race um, through both the bad actor in Bladen County and the Bladen County Improvement Pack, which was the Democratic organization. After that, the uh, North Carolina General Assembly added security features to the process at which you secure an absentee ballot, signatures, witness signatures, etc. However, with COVID, there's been a relief from that process for this election only to enable a electronic application process, so on and so forth, to simplify that effort so that voters who don't want to go vote in person have the ability for a simpler vote-by-mail process. However, under the executive orders from the governor, which then become administrative orders from agencies, the director of the State Board of Elections added some new direction. Frankly, I think it's haunting. 
So when she goes on to write absentee request submissions, and, and the question is, how do you validate that the individual applying for an absentee or vote by mail ballot and the person who completes the ballot are who they say that they are? So the absentee ballot request form returned by any other individual than those specified in the law, which is the voter, the voter's near relative or guardian, or this special bipartisan committee established to help these county boards of election execute ballots. In some cases, however, and she goes on, it may not be clear by the signature whether the absentee request form was submitted by the voter or the voter's neo-relative legal guardian or this committee, the MAT. In absence of evidence to the contrary, a county board of election should presume that the request is submitted was submitted by an authorized person, meaning that even if you can't tell who the signature is, it is incumbent on the board of local boards of elections to count that ballot and process it as normal, even if they cannot validate who executed the request or who executed the ballot. This is going to be very, very problematic. Long-term effects of this, or or looking at the entire election, North Carolina Republicans are fighting a multi-front war. The first piece of this is you have the former Obama team, led by Eric Holder, actively engaging in statewide judicial races in an effort to maintain a super-liberal statewide courts of appeal and state Supreme Court. Aside of that, you have the very famous Mark Elias, Democratic election lawyer in court in Greensboro, and the argument that they're making is that whether the ballots are postmarked on election day or not should not be material as long as they are received within the time period post-election day, which I believe is 10 days. And the argument is that oftentimes mail comes into your house that's not postmarked. I get mail every day that isn't postmarked. So you can't determine what's happening. So think of this, if he wins this case, election night, early voting in person and election day voting in person is tabulated. Vote by mail that has been counted in advance is tabulated and reported to the public. So in your legislative district, you're down by 100 votes. You can literally go out and identify 100 people, perhaps, that have unexecuted vote by mail ballots in their hands and persuade them to get those in. Just think about how close the Rachel Hunt-Bill Brawley race was. It can be manipulated after the fact. There has to be a standard, a a end date, transparency, and, and authentication. Our republic demands it. The people demand that they need a clear indication of the process. And our government needs to have the ability to operate without the stain of what could appear to be an illegitimate election. So let's make sure that we understand, for my Democratic friends out there that are going to poke, we want all legal ballots to count. Nobody has said we don't want that to happen. But they have to be legal ballots, and we have to have the ability to make sure that they are legal ballots and that nobody is trying to game the system. The more I hear my friends on the left argue to reduce security around our election. And, and their unwillingness to hear the argument that we need to preserve and protect the integrity of our election while allowing all legal voters to vote. 
it tells me they're trying to game the system. It's something that we really, really need to pay attention to. More to come on all of this. Thank you for listening today and make it a great week. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to our podcast through your provider and invite your friends to join us. Of course, look us up on the web at Right Course with Dan Barry, where we have additional content, blogs, and other items for you. We look forward to seeing you again and make it a great week.